Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. Or is it? I think I made a mistake maybe starting off every one of our shows with that being the mantra each week because really for most of 2020, it hasn't been very exciting. It's been downright depressing, actually. And starting the show off that way might give people the wrong impression about what is going on in the sports world. But we were so close for that sentence ringing true. Last week, it certainly did. This week, we were on the precipice, and then the Miami Marlins happened when we were going to start the show off talking and joking about how good, really, could Buffalo chicken wings be at a strip club. Instead, we have to talk about how baseball and its demise almost happened this past week as coronavirus, predictably so on the show, finally hit baseball. It took all of three days for it to happen. We had four days of baseball, including the opening day with two teams playing. Then everybody got on board four days of happiness, four days of optimism, and it all came crashing and burning to the ground in the the blink of an eye. So that's where we have to start the show. We have to hit on what's going on now in Major League Baseball, how they've handled what's happened so far, what this week is going to look like, and where we are in a sport that gave us happiness just for four days. How happy were you for those four days, Al? I was thrilled for four days. My Cardinals got off to a quick 2-0 start and have fallen apart since, Big John. We are thrilled to have all our listeners back with us, whether you're a cardboard cutout or a virtual reality fan, or just watching at home. Uh, It's great to have baseball back, but obviously we knew it was going to come with Pratt Falls. The question is, can they manage to play through this? The good news is no more positive tests for the Phillies. Uh, And this is a perfect example of what the world is dealing with, with this pandemic, with this virus that is so easily transferable uh, from one person to another, no matter where you go, no matter what you do even if you take the proper precautions, but you must take the proper precautions. And my biggest concern, since they are not in a bubble, which we can see so far anyway has worked for both the NBA and the NHL, Lou Williams notwithstanding, and you know his absolute love affair with chicken wings uh, in his favorite gentleman's club in Atlanta, best chicken wings on the planet. But, but more importantly, can baseball find a way to manage the virus, not completely eliminate, but manage it. This is about crisis management, game management, virus management. So teams don't get debilitated. Don't decrease rosters, expand rosters. All these minor leaguers who lost shots, put them all to work. Get them on these rosters. You're going to have teams debilitated unless they stop with the high-fiving and the constant contact of each other. What are they doing in the dugouts? Why are guys so close together in the dugouts? I understand they're getting tested, but their families aren't getting tested. Where they're going out in the hotels aren't getting tested. Where they're traveling in the planes, everybody's not getting tested. Put your backup middle infielder in row three, seat seven. You've got an entire ballpark to work with. You've got luxury boxes to work with. All these guys don't need to be in the dugouts. They don't need to be on top of each other, high-fiving and spitting and congratulating each other. For now, we're going to have to live with makeshift congratulations, just like with makeshift applause and makeshift fans. You must 
be conscious that this isn't just a question of getting it. It's a question of getting it, not knowing it, passing it, and debilitating an entire franchise or a different franchise who happened to come in contact with one of your guys was asymptomatic. And we've seen how many different home run celebrations that these guys have concocted over the years with secret handshakes up the wazoo. It's remarkable. Well, come up with some way you don't have to touch each other. You've got great imaginations. Do it. You guys must maintain distancing. You can't keep touching each other. You can't keep jumping all over each other. You can't keep high-fiving or we're going to wind up losing teams. Once we lose teams, this is over. This isn't like golf where you can lose two, three, five players. You lose a team, two teams, that's it. It's over. You got to shut it down. So expand rosters. Don't decrease them. Expand. We want as many players as possible available to sit in for the players who are going to go down or going to be quarantined until they have two positive tests. Think. And for the players, be conscious of what the scenario is. You're not in a bubble. You don't have the protections of the NBA and the NHL. No positive tests. I say it again. And yes, tests are, positive tests are way, way down. But you're now out and traveling. Once you go out and traveling, you never know who you're coming in contact with, who they came in contact with, etc. You must take better measures. Managers, coaches, ownership, and his highness must do a better job of telling the players they must show a greater degree of self-control, a greater degree of discipline to keep this pandemic, this virus, manageable so they can, so they can continue to play. I think that's a good place to paint the picture a little bit for Major League Baseball. I, I don't know if everyone understands what their sport is doing compared to the bubble sports. And we talked about it on this show. The biggest fear that we have and that fans have is what was going to happen once the traveling started. It was all well and good when they were at their summer trainings, quote unquote, we're at our home stadiums, no positive tests, everybody's hunky dory. But then once the travel begins, that's when we feared we'd start to see things happen. And, and of course it did right away. And and and, and let's let's not be Monday morning quarterbacks. You know, I, I don't want to hear from the people who say, well, you know, they should have done the bubble. You, the, the, ba- the, the baseball bubble is not feasible. Remember, the NBA and the NHL, one is just finishing off the tail end of its season, going right into the playoffs, and the other is having quasi-expanded play-in playoffs, whichever way to put it. But the point is the bulk of their season is over, so they don't have all the teams. They don't have to worry about all the sites, etc. And you're playing inside. You're playing inside where you don't have to worry about various sites, where you don't have to worry about travel, where it's much easier to maintain that you can't do that in Major League Baseball. We have too many teams, too many sites, and the locations they consider for the bubble are the three places where the virus has exploded. The conversation in Florida Florida and and, and in Arizona and also in California and Texas, all bubble possibilities. There aren't aren't enough ballparks to house all these teams to play. It's as simple as that. You just can't do it. It's not feasible. You you have to run baseball games at 10 o'clock in the morning. 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock. You know, four games a day in you know, how many? In, in what spring training sites? Yeah, you can have the spring training sites. Yeah, you can have Arizona. Yeah, you can have Florida. But oh, how are they doing right now? Again, when you're outside, you're not in a bubble. You're not restricted. Those sites you have to travel to. You can't be in the Walt Disney bubble. They don't have seven different, eight different baseball parks. They have arenas, but they do not have enough sites at Walt Disney and. By the way, if that's the case, where's the NBA going to go? So there just aren't enough locales unless you can spring training sites outside in Arizona and in Florida, and that's where you had the massive breakout. So the bubble is not feasible. So stop with, you know, well, they should have done the bubble. Players didn't want the bubble. 
The problem you've got is travel. The problem you've got is back home to the families. The problem you've got is who are you coming in contact with in the hotels and on the planes. And if you're not wearing a mask everywhere you go, you just don't get it. What could be simpler? You know, besides the world has an asterisk T-shirt, how about the wear a damn mask? Just wear a damn mask. It's not that hard. I mean, every girl I've come in contact with tells me I look better with the mask. So you, it can be a helper. <laughs> Give it a try. Don't like me. Not that I was ever decent looking to begin with, but the mask is a helper. It can work. The unfortunate part is exactly that, the travel and that there's no way, at least they haven't set forth a way to really police it as far as what a, a punishment or a fine or whatever it would be that would come into play should something happen where you see a Lou Williams type situation and it's like, I thought you were just going straight home. Because I, I, I still don't think people realize for baseball, it's, it's basically happening as it always does. They show up to the game in the bus. They go back to the team hotel, do that for three days. And then when they have to travel to a different place to play, it's still through the air or it's still on the bus. So you're dealing with, as you said, people you come in contact with at the airport, people you might come in contact with at the bus. And then if you're home, you're still able to go home, go back to your family and come and go as you please. Now, most of the players if not all the players will probably be diligent in doing that. But what if one is not, what if two are not, what happens when that happens? Now, fortunately it's only been the Miami Marlins. And the unfortunate part with that is we still don't know how it happened. We can get mad at the fact that on Sunday, when this first came about, they found out as a team for their players tested positive they weren't the most four important players in the world. The players had a little group text going with Don Mattingly involved as well. Should we play Monday? And they said, or should we play Sunday? And they said, yeah, we'll play. Okay. So then Monday comes and we find out that it's no longer just four. It's 11 players and two coaches making it 13. As of this recording, it's jumped up to 19 we mentioned Taiwan baseball last week has been able to have fans and they're going as normal in their baseball league. The Marlins have more cases than Taiwan does just on their own baseball team, but we don't know how it happened. There's rumors going around that some of, or if not most of the team was at a strip club in Atlanta when they were traveling what else? again in Atlanta. The, 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 what is the, it? What is it with Atlanta? Atlanta is long recognized back to the days of the Knicks, remember, right, as the king of gentlemen's clubs. Atlanta supposedly has the finest gentlemen's clubs in all the nation. I'm a South Florida guy myself, but that's only because I've never really had the opportunity to check anything out in Atlanta. So I don't know what to tell you on that front, but you know, everybody seems to think that that's the, the capital of gentlemen's clubs. Uh, and that's the rumor. Got to keep all the athletes got. out of Atlanta is, is what it's coming down to. Every sport, every athlete has to stay out of there because apparently that's where they're going. The other rumor is it could they have potentially. They don't call it hot Atlanta for nothing. They're not just talking about the temperature. They're I mean, just talking about the weather. We could have a whole podcast just on the history of when Atlanta has been sung about, the parties that have been thrown in Atlanta. I mean, it speaks for itself. Kids, just Wikipedia, Google Atlanta, then Google Atlanta, compare and contrast the differences that you'll see, and you'll get a better picture of why these athletes need to visit these establishments. The other rumor is it could have been from someone on the plane, one of the flight attendants that turned out to have tested positive for COVID-19. So if that's the case, what are you going to do about that? Like, at least you could get mad about the strip clip thing. Like, what the hell are you doing? Stay where you're supposed to be. But if you're just taking the flight, like... There's no way to prevent some of this unfortunateness that's going to happen. And we found out that the testing isn't the greatest in Major League Baseball. I was well, under the impression. Excuse, excuse, the, excuse the, the old report for a minute here. Yes. 
Don't they have their own charter? Yeah, they should, right? The, the, all teams have their own plans, which so what? I, they should be a, a, testing. A flight attendant on their own charter? That, not being tested? That would How be is the temperature not being taken when she gets on, when she gets on the plane? Before would, she gets on the plane. Yeah, you would think. How is every flight attendant and pilot not being tested twice a day? But even if they are, the testing we've found out isn't. I was under the impression that they could wake up in the morning before they go to training or do anything, get to the ballpark, take a test. By the time 7 o'clock rolls around, 7.05, and it's time to play the game, they would already know whether or not they had tested positive. But it's taken at least 24 hours for them to get test results back. That's why when Juan Soto got his positive test for the Nationals, the players weren't sure where they stood when they were going to be playing because it's taking too long. It just doesn't – nothing is consistent in terms of what we've been told. Get a test result, 15 minutes. I, I got tested. I had the result two hours later. I got tested. I had the result for three days. I got tested. It took a week. I, this is the biggest problem that we're facing in this nation. A, not enough testing, and B, the turnaround time for the test results make it almost useless to get the test. Because by the time you've taken the test, and get the, or by the time you get the results in some cases, you know you got it or you don't because your symptoms are going to get worse and you're going to know for sure you got the virus or it was just a call for a cold. But the point is, you know, how is it we're so far behind everybody? I know we're going to we politicize this. It's not a question of who you vote for, again, or who you support. How, how is it we haven't figured out the test and get test results? Greatest country in the world. Everybody else is getting it done. They're getting test results much faster than we are. Like you said, Taiwan, what's the deal there? They're playing with fans. They're cruising along with nothing that happened over there. Here it gets worse every day. Well, obviously, we know the case. We know the reason. They have discipline. They show self-discipline. Here, between our populace and our governors, our cowboys, or I ain't wearing no mask, open up. And if you can open up, just go do what you want. Don't take any active measures to distance. Don't wear a mask. Well, it's what you got. It's what you got. More cases, hot spots, more people dying. Oh, well, hey, hey, oh, how about all the 100,000 uh, businesses that have been closed and will never open? Well, here's my very simple response. To it. And I, look, Losing a business, losing your livelihood, not a killer, but next worst thing. What's the worst thing? You lose your money, you close a business, American ingenuity, you find a way to open a new business. You find a way to get back on the, on the rock and climb your way out. If you die, there's no second chance. So as I said before, I, I can't equate a business that will never open again to a life that's lost. 100,000 businesses, 150,000 lives. Sorry, the two do not equate. Plain and simple. Can always find another business, can always find another livelihood. I know I'm oversimplifying it. I know I'm making it sound like it's not painful. It is. It's painful. It's stressful. It's earth shattering. But it's not a fate worse than death. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. It's hard to blame baseball for what's happened with the testing just because, as you mentioned and as I mentioned, just the state of the country is really what you should be mad about. You can't single out baseball for not knowing it's exactly. You can't. It's I do think, I do think the players need to do a better job. I agree. That's where someone has to say something. You want to make these fun PSA videos, let the boys play and hitting the conga drums and showing the home run celebrations. Now sit them down and let's see the faces of the sport 
just tell their fellow baseball players, stay in the house, just get on the bus, just get on the plane, stay in the hotel room, don't do anything stupid because you're going to fuck it up for everybody else. Thankfully, this Marlins thing, I'm actually shocked that it just stayed with them. The Phillies tested negative. The Yankees tested negative. All the teams involved tested negative. So far. So far. Knock on wood. Dear Players, God. Watch the games from the stands. Do the wave. Leave the cheers in the seats. Pretend you're fans. Yeah. Oh, why is it so hard? Put a camera guy on Guy hits them. a home run. Guy hits a home run. Give him the signals from the stands. Give him the bow from the stands. Give him your baby shark from the stands. Whatever the case may be, get that one out of the dugout. Distance. Show some smarts. Show some discipline. Give me. Do we need hall monitors? Do we need player monitors? Okay. Snitch line. Got to get a snitch, snitch line. line. We have the snitch line in the NBA. We have right, we got it right in front of us in MLB. We see guys not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Get with it. Coaches, managers, owners, let's go. GMs. Get on the stick here. Do what's necessary to properly advise your players that they have to do the important things to keep the game alive. You know, keep the game alive, and it has to call the season a wash. You know, two weeks in, you'll get paid. Although I actually don't know what the terms of the collective bargaining agreement are on what they did, the final negotiation was in regard to the season. If the season gets washed out, what do they get paid for? Is it simply the pro rata? Or any missed games. If they, if they, if they wind up playing 10 games, right. they get paid for 10 games and that's it? I honestly don't know the answer to that. Rob Manfred was excited to say after the Marlins happened that this was not a death sentence to baseball. They'll carry on and continue. And he's not necessarily wrong, but it's also incredibly important that he makes sure that teams know the rules, what they should and shouldn't be doing. And I don't know if it has to go as far as, as finding guys, if they step out of line or they don't follow policies or whatever need be. But if that's what has to be done to save the sport, he might have to look into something like that. There's just no other way. There's no Disney bands. Unfortunately, they're going to beep. If you're six feet away from people, Somebody has to come up with something like right now because it's incredible that all it took was three days and everything hit the fan. And thankfully they got away from it this time. But what happens if it happens again? Learn from this is at least what we're saying to major league baseball, please, because it's been great yes, to have it back. Your Yankees back on the field. Exactly. And, and now you run into the problem where some teams the Washington nationals being one, we're like, Hey, do we really have to go down to play the Marlins? Like, we're not sure if we want to travel down there and play them after they've had this happen to their team. Same thing is going for teams that are going to host the Marlins. They're like, I don't know if we want them in our stadium now. So they're Folks, in a the pickle. Yankees are, the, the Yankees on the way, by the way, on, on a 40 and 20 clip, big John Lund's mighty, New York Yankees. And we're, we're who getting... Split with the, who, who split with the crippled world champs <laughs> the first two games and then stole game three. Now we get to play the Orioles because this all happened and that was the best decision to make. Well, they're not going to play the Phillies. We'll go have them play the Orioles. And we know how that usually goes, unfortunately, for Baltimore. But we could be in a situation where now what happens if teams don't want to play you because you've been crippled by the coronavirus? Right now, it's just one team that's going to cause a headache. Well, what happens if it's two or three or four teams? It's one thing for it. Okay, they're in the National League. Really, this year, the division games are all that matters if you think about it. So you could figure something out. But if it's a couple teams within the same division and one of the teams that doesn't have any health problems, thankfully for them, will be like, we don't want to play these guys. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't want to be around them. It... it, has so many things that could go wrong that hopefully will be fixed or at least have been talked about in the last couple days, because this isn't going to be the first and last time that this happens. It's impossible. When is it going to happen again? Who's it going to happen to, and what's the answer going to be if it happens is let's go on the field. 
for a couple minutes. Tell me your thoughts on, uh, let's start with the rule changes. Are you for or against the runner on second to start the 10th inning with no out? At least for these first couple instances of it, it was similar to like a must-see TV type event. Just because it's new and just because of the excitement it should provide, it was like, oh, you get a notification that a game's going in extra innings. You have to find it. You have to turn it on. Unless you're in the area where your games are blacked out because Major League Baseball truly hates you and just wants your money. It was exciting to watch, I have to admit. Now, it hasn't happened with my team yet. I think that that will certainly change everything. If it's your team that loses because there was a guy on second, but it was fun to see. I think it was the Royals that scored the run without recording a hit. They had the sacrifice bunt. They moved some guys around, sack flies, different things. Old school. The run ended up scoring without them even getting a hit. That's the fun part of this rule of like, now what, what can we do? We've been gifted this runner on second. What are we going to do depending on where it is in the lineup? It's, there's a lot of strategy involved. This will be a good time for those National League managers that are pissy that their pitcher can't bat anymore and they can't screw around with their batting lineup. Now they could have some fun in the 10th inning if it happens. I didn't hate it, but I also didn't have it happen to my team. So I can't really say for sure because it hasn't negatively affected me. But it, it, it was something to watch. It, it brought a lot Remember, more excitement for to the it. Post, it. It's only for the regular season. That's right. number one. Number two, I would much prefer it didn't start till the, the 13th inning, say, but that really cuts against one of the purposes, which is to not get to the 13th inning. This is not just to eliminate the 16-inning game. This is to minimize extra inning games, period, end of story. They don't want games going the 12th, 13th inning either. If this rule ever goes into effect, which hopefully it will not on a permanent basis, but I think it will be somewhere later in the game, hopefully, you know, three extra innings and then the 13th. Hopefully it never comes to fruition at all. Um, I look at it from the point of view that it adds some excitement. It certainly serves a purpose because you have to minimize uh, the use of pitchers and the long games with the shortened schedule and the tightened schedule. And to me, this is basically the baseball version of miniature golf. All the rules have changed. It's played in a shorter time frame. The idea is for the games to take less time. There's tricks involved. I mean, this this runner on second with nobody out in the tenth is almost like winning a free game. All right, after the 18th hole, when you go to try and put it in the put it in the clown's nose, so I, I just really think it's interesting. It's going to add some excitement, and it's going to put new nuances in the game that nobody's seen before. It'll pique interest. It'll keep people from having to fall asleep, uh, hopefully, because uh, they can't stay up for the 13th or 14th inning. It adds strategy when that guy's on. It brings back, as we talked about before, the bunt, the stolen base, the sacrifice, the wheel play to intentionally put the guy on with a man on second, nobody out, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think it adds a lot of intrigue and interest and excitement in, as we've talked about before, the season with an asterisk. Next, when we were last speaking, it was still to be determined whether or not there would be playoff teams added. And lo and behold, by the next morning, uh, they had added to the field three teams for a total of uh, 16 overall, eight in each league, with instead of just division winners, the first and second place teams in each division, regardless of how for that second place team's record may be and the next two best records after the top two in each division for a field of eight in each league, no buys one through eight, two out of three. Again, no home field to worry about other than the advantage of being your park with the nuances of your park. The one thing I have not determined yet, and I'm assuming since the, 
higher seat is deemed the home team for all three games, that they will, in fact, be the home team. And it won't be 2-1 or 1-1-1 you know, where uh, the home team is, in fact, the home team for all three or it's in their ballpark for all three, but they're the visiting team for the second game. I believe they're the home team for all three. That's the benefit of being you know, a one seed, a two seed, a three seed, uh, et cetera, and so on down the line. Uh, the detriment is that you never get to hit in the bottom of the inning. So it certainly evens things out for teams that are in divisions. Let's say, for example, the NL West. If it does come to fruition that the Dodgers run away from the division, well, the second place team's got something to play for. Not just a wild card anymore. It could be a down the stretch we come to get into second place with a 500 record, let alone the possibility that, that might get you a wild card. So it really adds some funk there. Uh, it adds obviously more playoff teams, more playoff games, and more money. So your thoughts on the expanded playoff setup? The part of the wild card round now that I like is that it's best of three. We've talked about that on the show before where the one game wild card, while incredibly exciting, isn't really the best gauge of who the best team is. Not saying that a three game series is, but you at least have a better shot of that being the case. This was more like a March madness one game off where you could get upset theoretically. Now there's a better shot of the better team being able to win two out of three, though it's still a coin flip in some cases. What is probably but frustrating? Remember those, were the, remember, those were the two wild cards that were playing each other. Right, exactly. Those weren't True. the division winners. That's, that's the Here frustrating now, part. You could be a one against an eight, eight up against the eight's ace. Right, right. That's what I think is the frustrating could, part. That eight could be a team that had a pretty good season, caught fire late, got in as a third-place team in a very tough division. And let, let me use my team as an example. You could run into a Cardinal team that finished 31-29, and 29, got themselves a three-seed in the NL Central, and you got to face Jack Flaherty in game one. Good luck. <laughs> Not exactly a reward for the team with the best record in the league. Yeah, that's the thing that I don't like about it is that we talked about how important it was to win the division and how important division games were leading into the season. And then before the sun set and they had literally no time to make this decision, first pitch was coming and they're like, hey, we got to figure out if we're expanding our postseason. Let's do it. That's the frustrating part where if you're the best team in baseball, regardless of, I just checked to see what the series would be. You would host all three games as the home team, as the better seed. So they, that's what I thought they would be that's quote unquote home games, but are they? Cause nobody's there. At least we assume that nobody will be there at that time by some miracle. If fans, some fans are allowed back in the ballparks. Well, there's your, I have heard literally a mixed bag amongst hosts who differ on each of these. Give me your thoughts on the cutouts versus the virtual fans. I didn't along see, with the, the, the crowd noise. I didn't see the virtual fans in action. That's my bad for not tuning in. I Fox was the one that did it. Right? I, I didn't tune in for the virtual fan game, or maybe I just didn't notice it. The cardboard cutouts end up being a problem for like serious situations, which adds some like comedic effect to things that shouldn't have it. Like if an umpire is, is getting yelled at by a manager, which we saw our first ejection from a player. And then our first put on your mask before it was, it's like polishing your gun before the duel, the manager and the ump had to get on their masks before they had their words. Absolutely. But then you got these smiling cardboard cutouts behind them, or they're taking pictures of these players, rightfully so, kneeling to peacefully protest during the anthem, and you got these wide-grinned like kids and puppies behind them. It just kind of takes away from the scenario. I think I would prefer the virtual fans if I had to pick. 
without seeing them. So give that opinion as what you will. But from just playing video games for most of my life, baseball video games, I'm used to virtual fans being in the stands. I think they I'm could have fun with it. Guy. Now get rid of the wave weird. for starters. If you're going to have the virtual fans, I don't need the wave. Okay. Whoever decided that that would go along with the virtuality, fire those people. But you know, I'm all for the cutouts, sell, sell some cutouts, raise some revenue, yeah. etc. I don't need to see, I'm easily confused enough. I don't need to see virtual fans and try and figure out how the hell they did that, who those people are, where I am, etc. The crowd noise, <laughs> listening to a game on a radio, you can't you you think because everything's going normally because they're they're playing the proper crowd noise just like you would normally hear, and it's cool. I when you're watching it on TV, I don't pay much attention to it because I got the announcers, yeah, uh, you know, to inform me and to listen to, so I really don't give it much much thought. They've been really good um, at it, by the way for like knowing what button to hit at the right time. It's been surprisingly good for, well, this is a home run. We got to, we got to hit the right job is sound coordinator, big job, sound coordinator, entertainment coordinator. Absolutely. They got them all over the cheers scoreboards for sure. The cheers Uh, that they put out to be made there. I don't know if I need to hear a cheer put out in an empty stadium, like a let's go Mets or any of that where no one's going to respond. Maybe we could, Keep those on the shelf until people come back into the stadium. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Here's what I can't figure out. And they have talked about this rule change. I've talked about it with uh, the boys on MLB. In this season of nuances and gimmicks and goals to shorten games and minimize the overuse of pitching steps, why do we not have a 10 or 12 run rule after seven innings? We're not cheating fans out of the ball game who paid. So nobody could argue, well, I want my two innings. Uh, I'm not getting banged for my buck. Are, are we losing out on TV money or TV ratings for two innings of a 14-run game? Because that could be the same two innings that we're losing out on by putting a guy on second base in the 10th inning. And instead of going 14 or 16 innings, going 10 or 11. So why did we not institute a 10-run rule or a 12-run rule? After seven innings, I mean, let, let's go to the numbers and count the number and percentage of games where a team has come back down 10 runs after seven. It's got to be less than 1%. I would think. Got it. Plus, if you're so worried about of, revenue. Of all, the, of all the rules, that should have been the one that should have been front and center. Because right. when do we see teams using position players? When they're getting killed. Right. Not just in extra innings, when they're losing by 15 runs, 12 runs, even as, even as little as eight or nine runs. You know, they go to the outfielder. They go to the utility infielder. Shorten the damn game. We don't need those last two innings. And who's the bigger purist than, than the old report? Anybody you know? That's the name. You name the show. Who's older than me? Who hates change more than me in this season? And I could live with that rule, period. I could live with that rule in the regular season. For Major League Baseball till death do us part. Yeah, and even if I'm at, even if I'm, if I'm at the game, right? Because you're not paying attention at that point. Even if your your team is the one that's winning fifteen to one, and that's the thing with the revenue side too is people aren't watching those types of games. Once it gets in man, you you just turn it off. Once it's not They're a manageable comeback, you turn the game off or you leave the game. So if you're worried about losing revenue, you, you've lost it anyway, just based on what the product is. I agree. Exactly. There's no reason to not have that implemented. Really, they could have just taken a page from like every travel tournament that you and I and, and anyone that's ever played baseball has been a part of. When they were putting the bubble together, how do they do these tournaments where 
X number of teams has to play X number of games and the fields that they use are just in constant use from like 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Just games getting churned out left and right. How did they do that successfully? What perfect else did they game, do? Perfect game in Atlanta. Yes. That, that, <laughs> that was, my trip. That was my trip to Atlanta, by the way, except for the airport. That was my trip. That was my trip. So. Could have had everybody stay at the strip clubs as their hotels. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the fathers were not, uh, we're not going to allow the, 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 the 13 and 14 year olds to uh, any access. And certainly under no circumstances uh, were the fathers going to be traipsing around there. Uh, it was also about 95 degrees, Ugh. constant humidity, massive downpours. Uh, our, our team didn't even get to play. I think you were supposed to play seven or eight games. We wound up playing. We wound up getting cheated out of three games. I think we actually started a game, started a game at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> because the fields were yep. so backed up and they had to get games one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's tournament life. All the games were set back and because of the rain, the thunder, the lightning, the humidity, it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So, are you okay with, and they, they may have already have made this official, but I'm not sure if they did yet, but it's been thrown around. What happens if really we should say what happens when we get to the end of whatever the season ends up becoming, if we play all 60 games, God bless us, but there's going to be some teams that literally can't. There's, there's going to be no way that some teams are going to be able to play 60 games whether it's from dealing with the coronavirus, whether it's from dealing with inclement weather, which thankfully we haven't had to deal with yet, but that's naturally going to come with just taking the winning percentage as the gauge for who the best teams are and not just going strictly by records. Is that something that it's, will be okay? Again, a, a, another necessary evil. You know, we're not talking about a discrepancy of six or seven games. You know, what's it going to be at most? Two, three games? Got to do what you got to do. You know, if you can't figure your way in to be one of the top eight in terms of winning percentage in your league, then, you know, you, you got to take a pass, okay? <laughs> you know, if you can't manage to be in the top half of your league via winning percentage, uh, you can't bitch about the fact that, you know, well, I didn't get a chance because they played two more games. They're two less games, whatever the case may be. You know, I, I, I played a full schedule. They played two less. They got a winning percentage slightly higher. Well, that's never, never, never. Well, what have we called it? What have we, we put it in quotes since I, I'm 62, since I can remember. It's always been in quotes. And now more than ever, and not only will it be in quotes, it will be in full caps. And that will be the all-important loss column will play a bigger role than it ever has. Because now it governs, not just during the season, it governs at season's end. I've been throwing this around as well projecting just because of what happened over the past several days, what happened to the Marlins, what will assuredly happen again with the traveling. It's just bound to happen at some point. Would major league baseball or should major league baseball consider now that they've set up their new postseason, doing a mini bubble for that. It would take away the home field advantage unless they played in a neutral site, but it would better guarantee that the playoff teams and players and coaches, et cetera, wouldn't be as much of a risk as they they're going to take throughout the entire regular season. Should they consider a postseason bubble? I'm not sure where it would be yet, but there will be open stadiums. That's half of them will be free. Perhaps they could use one of those. I know it takes away from home field, but if there's no fans involved, I don't, I don't know how much of a home field you're going to get. I don't know John, what, what the situation is. It has be. to be a consideration. It has to be something they already have got in their plans 
as a possibility based upon hotspots, based on what transpires with teams and loss of players, based upon positive progress in the areas that have been hotspots where you have potential sites for bubbles, again, whether it be Arizona or whether it be Florida, if God willing, with some luck, some cooperation, and if by chance the buffoons that are the governors of those states smarten up and start making all their people wear masks and stop partying hardy throughout Miami and throughout various areas of Arizona, etc. If they were smart enough to do that and they can flatten this curve to the point where they can have bubbles there in the ballparks. Again, problem being, you know, you're right. I mean, the thing about the thing about Disney is it almost is like you are in a bubble because you are confined to this one park, so to speak, this one area, so to speak. Right. Whereas, you know, you still, you're going from park to park to park to be using multiple, multiple sites in Arizona or in Florida, but I certainly think it's something that has to be considered. It has to be considered, especially as you trim the playoffs down. You know, when, when you get down to a final eight, I'd play everything in one place. Absolutely. Well, I, I get down to uh, NL and ALCSs. I'm going to play them in one, one or two places, and that's it. And nobody's leaving. Yeah, I mean, it, that's... It's just logical to do it that way because these these are the most important games. Exactly. You consider and you these are the games with all the marbles in the shortened season. So if you want to make it as legitimate as possible, you have to have as many players, impact players, as many important players available. How do you maximize that possibility by minimizing the potential spread of the virus? And that's the clearly we've seen from the NBA and the NHL the best way to do it. Don't minimize travel, eliminate travel. Because as you know, for every series, aside from the wild card series, because that will be at the better team stadium, all three games, if if that should be decided, you could travel up to three times in Back one series. Can you imagine? Exactly. It, it's just it's just not logical. And it's unfortunate that I don't think there'll be enough free time for this to happen. I don't remember when the Major League Baseball season ends but I believe their postseason overlaps with the ML, the NBA End finals, of right? End of September. So they'll, they'll both be happening at the same time. Cause I was going to say, you might be able to have that trade off of NBA leaves, Florida leaves their bubble and you slide right, right in for your postseason. Right. You can certainly do it for the CSs and the world and the world series. Yeah. Cause they'll be gone. By the time you get to the CSs and the world series, NBA should be done. So you just keep the bubble rolling. NBA has left the bubble. MLB has joined the bubble. I think that's the most logical thing they could do. And it's also maybe something to play for, like something that you don't have to worry about when you're dealing with trying to make the postseason, fighting for the last wild card spot. It'd be nice to have some peace of mind of, well, at least if we get there, we know it'll be like the NBA bubble was. We know what's coming ahead. It's not, oh, my God, the travel, my family, on top of just having to go out and win the games. Relief and reward. Relief and reward. Speaking of the bubble, the NBA continues its season this week. We already talked about the NBA last week, but maybe people weren't listening. Really, all I have to say is how excited are you? for what's going to come with the restart of the NBA season and then really right into the postseason. I am excited, but I have to contain my enthusiasm because of my health concerns. Because we know losing a star pitcher is huge. Losing a star slugger is huge. But when you only have five starting players, if you lose a star NBA player, you're cooked. You're done. Yep. And that is really a huge concern. 
not to mention the potential spread because they're, you know, you don't have 30 man rosters here. And if you have to go to uh, your guys from the G league, <laughs> you're not going to win an NBA championship, let alone a playoff series. I am excited, but also very interested in seeing the effect of quiet gyms, nothing but the noise of the players calling out screens, plays, the squeaking of the sneakers, basically like watching a summer league game with the best in the world playing for all the marbles. The defense chance thrown in because those, those sound guys equally as important once the NBA games come and we have the NHL coming back and I will definitely watch. I can safely say that I'm not a hockey fan to begin with, but based on where they are in their season and their postseason coming up as well. I mean, what else is there to do? We finally got uh, sports just, back. They, Let's watch. Leave some. it to the NHL. They just admitted, administered a 273,692 tests, all negative. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. amazing. Or, are, or are, 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 we, are we the least bit surprised that the NHL has no tests? Or leave it to there, the there, NHL. No positive tests. They're, they're in a bubble in Canada, which quite frankly, <laughs> looks like it's the best place to be right <laughs> Absolutely. Or leave it to the NHL. They all have come back positive, but they're fucking hockey players. You think COVID-19 is going to put a stop to their season? No. Play on. They play What's through injury. They play through a deadly I pandemic. It. I give it to you. You give it back to me. I give it back to you. We're all in the bubble. We're not going anywhere. We're playing on ice. Let's see if the cold kills it. Once we all have it, yeah, the, the heat certainly didn't kill it, even though we were promised it would. Maybe it's the ice that'll really be what we need to put this to bed. It's, it's exciting to see the successes that those leagues have had. It's exciting to see that even though they've been so successful, they haven't let their guard down with testing or what they're doing for their protocols because you could be the most successful testing place in the world and one can still easily pop up and screw everything up. So they're staying diligent with everything, and it's been nice to see. We'll see if that can continue for baseball, the NBA coming back, baseball hopefully getting all the way back, and we've got sports. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Folks, my partner, the great big John Lund, couldn't have said it better. Sports is back. Let's hope it stays with us and everybody stays healthy to the point it doesn't have a negative impact on the games and the best teams have the opportunity to win. Until next week, for my partner, John Tiny Lund, I am Al Renato, a.k.a. from Ray Plains. Have a great and safe sports weekend. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>